Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Kate. Lovely to see you. Thanks for having me over for a chat. Thank you. It's, it's really interesting with this series that I'm doing because I really saw last year in the framework of Rise of Divine Feminine and I wanted to express that in the world. And then I was thinking about, well, who are the people to me who represent Divine Feminine? And that's, you know, that's my criteria for you know, the basis of these interviews. And there's a lot of commonality between all of you. But one of the things is, is that all of you, I don't know that well in the 3D world, like we've met maybe once or twice, right? But I just feel like I know you so well. Like I feel like we're old friends. And I, there's so, you know, like we just started chatting straight away, like not like we haven't spoken to each other for 10 years. So uh, it's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's that resonating, isn't it, on a level? And uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful. And, and I guess the more connections you find like that, the more nourished you feel. Mm. It's such a nourishing space to be in, isn't it? When you feel that heart connection to, to others. And yeah, yes. I think all things feel possible then. Yes, we actually met because you came on my first ever, ever retreat, which was in 2010, I believe. Wow. <laughs> over a decade ago yeah. <laughs> and a decade of being a, a customer of your amazing um, company as well and uh, yeah because I love your grandology products your your grandology products are yeah like I use them all the time so it's, it's a mutual <laughs> it's lovely then isn't it and I, I know as well from anything that I that I get from UK I know that it's stuff you're taking that you that you hold in high regard and there's no questions then is there it's just so easy and I think the more connections you have with people that do their thing and love what they're doing in that really authentic genuine way then the more we can kind of share you know, all our different ideas and possibilities and, and yeah, create these communities and networks for now and, and for time to come. Yes, yes, beautiful. <laughs> so shall we start then? Um, well, yeah, I, I was looking at your stuff, I think, because I was talking to Seb, and really it seems to me that everything you're putting out is along these lines of, you know, divine feminine and birthing new earth. So really excited to hear from you your perspective on all of this I know you're a very articulate spokesperson for the new earth energies so can we start with divine feminine and what does that mean to you yeah i guess that anything for me kate just is my own experience of it you know i can, i i I'm not someone that kind of reads books and gets information off people in that way i just live my life and so whatever whatever goes on for you know me and my experience sometimes then has some kind of label or another and so my my own my own sense of the changes that we're that we're going through collectively you know on our planet as women as men as human beings is all part of that that rising changing power that we're here to embrace and that we're here to utilize in the creation of a new earth and so for me, it's, it's very much about embodiment of that, living that, being that, uh, and encouraging other people, you know, in whatever, whatever way is, is possible, really. Um, and I think 
there's been, um, for me as well, so many different challenges along the way, as with, with all of us in, in life. And so the, the divine feminine is that, from, partly for me, is that resilience and that keep getting up and that non-stop, you know, it's, it, there's so many metaphors I could use for that. But what I sense with our planet at the moment and the rising energies that we're experience, experiencing is that regardless of what the, the um, external pictures might look like, there is this resilience and this energy within the consciousness of humanity, which is unstoppable. And nothing can hold that back. And to me, that is that divine feminine energy and power and wisdom rising up through every single one of us, you know, re reclaiming power and awakening, you know, on a, on a cellular level. So as we can just physically be, be the embodiment of that power, it's kind of essential really, isn't it? <laughs> but it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Tracy, I can almost see the fairies dancing behind you. <laughs> I do live in fairyland here, I must. You have to say that's a real background. It's not a fake zoom. That's actually where you live. And maybe you you might see squirrels running from the trees tops in a little while. And earlier, actually, just before we started chatting, Kate, there were some deer in the garden and that it's the rutting season. And so they make this really strange, I don't know if you've ever heard it, this really strange noise. And so they were doing that outside earlier. And I thought how funny that would be if you and I were talking and there was suddenly this strange deer rutting noise going on outside. Uh, so as someone who's really sensitive to the energies, can you say a little bit about how you experienced last year? Oh, last year was amazing for me. I just had you know, I had one of the best years ever for many reasons. Um, I felt as if things had been building to that point for such a long time. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it's tricky to be very honest and very open when you know other people are suffering and struggling, you know, and I really get that. And I really honor, you know, that reality as well that, that other people are experiencing. But for me personally, it wasn't like that. Um, and I spent as much time as I could with the land in sacred ceremony. Um, I was either out on the land myself in sacred ceremony with the guidance teams and networks I work with, or I was holding stuff online or going out and meeting up with other groups, uh, holding you know space for for people to get together and be in ceremony. So it was the restrictions that were in place actually opened up more possibility for very deep sacred work with people and with the land than I think would have been possible without having that experience of everything shutting down. So yeah, it was quite a, a spectacular time really for, for that. So all the people I've been interviewing, as I say, when I started thinking about the kind of commonalities, I realised the main commonality between everyone is a very clear and transparent relationship with the non-physical. And obviously, you know, people name that and describe that in different ways. But everyone is very um, 
yeah, just very has a lot of clarity around uh, the their relationship with spirit, with God, whatever, whatever you want to name it as. Can you tell us a bit about how you experience the non-physical in your life and how that how that communicates with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know how to not live a sacred life. That's kind of how how it is, and it hasn't it hasn't been an easy road. You know, I, I came in as what they call a child of light, which means I was awake, which was very, very hard, very challenging in many, many ways. And, you know, I used to find this guidance team and systems and all of this communication, which I had so very, very clearly with source or, you know, all the, the, the different levels you can communicate with. I just found it really annoying. I just thought, you know, I wish they'd all go away and leave me alone. <laughs> And, uh, and so there was this kind of like um, two kind of parallel stories running together. You know, there was my own connection to, to source, to, you know, divine intelligence, to the universe, whatever you want to call it, and, and the land to Mother Earth. And that was really real to me. That was, that was in every fiber of my being, in the communication I would have with the trees, with the rocks, with the stars, with the moon, everything. That was the kind of child that I was. Um, and then there's the trying to be kind of normal in a, in a way that's acceptable to society. And that, that transition between who I really was and then the masks I'd have to wear in order to fit in was very, very difficult. And so I wanted all of that kind of more spiritual um, sense of myself to kind of go away really particularly as I became a teenager you know and got older I, I just didn't I didn't want to be the person that 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 communication and that energy was offering me the opportunity to be because it would mean being in my power and be mean being seen and you know I ran so many programs as we all do about all the the you know the historic information that's kind of held within within us all that kind of tells us it isn't safe to be seen or to be like that and to really be sacred in our lives. Uh, I didn't grow up with any kind of religious sense at all. My family were atheists. And so for me to be really in tune in the way that I was in a, in a home and not just my house, but in the you know, larger community where we lived, there was no space for anything like that. People just weren't like that. And so my connection to that place of reverence has always been there, you know, no matter when I've tried to deny it or I've tried to make it go away or I've not wanted it for all kinds of reasons. It's never, it's never failed and it's never left me and it's never, you know, that inner light has always guided me through. And so, yeah, I guess now, now that I'm, fully or you know more me and more able to just let myself be who I am then the more grateful I am that the path has brought me into a, a sacred life because I can't see what other reason there is to be here mm. other than to have a communication a relationship a constant energy exchange with all all that is you know yeah. And how do you define those non-physical aspects? Do you do you name them? Do they come through as different voices? Like, like the guidance teams and things like that? 
Yeah, I was thinking about this recently because I realised that there's a lot of emphasis on all this kind of stuff now, isn't it? And I remember when when I was a child and I would get kind of all the information about New Earth because I was told all that when I was very little. And they would say to me, you're going to be ushering in the New Earth. You'll usher in the New Earth. And my only experience of an usher was someone at the cinema when you arrive late and you're in the dark and they've got the torch and they're trying to get you, you know, to your seat and everyone's really annoyed with you. Do you, you know? <laughs> and so as a child, I, I think, I don't know if I want to be an usher. <laughs> it's what it's felt like though, right? Everyone's just a bit annoyed with you. You're like, you're trying to build new earth. And it was like, what? <laughs> I'm watching the Hollywood movie. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um but the kind of guidance um I, people I haven't realized this but having conversations with more and more people you know what was normal for me hasn't necessarily been normal for a lot a lot of people and so I don't think I've put the same emphasis on things because to me it's just my norm um whereas I notice other you know, this is just my observation, Kate, but there's this, oh, and is it this angel or is it that guide or is it, and I couldn't care less. It's like they're beings of light. I've met, they've been in my life as far as I can remember. I, they can connect me to anything and everything I want. Um, I was given a multi, um, multi-pass, <laughs> multi-dimensional pass after doing all the path working that you do as a, a child to do all of the grid work and the portal openings and all of that kind of stuff and so I think it's a little bit like they're just family you know and so they talk to me all the time I can hear them all the time when they need to talk to me Um, I can get any download that's required or any upgrades or or whatever information I'm not bombarded with information like I was when I was a child. If I looked at someone when I was a child, I would see everything. And that was very, very difficult. And I didn't want, I didn't want to see all of that. And it was too much. Whereas now in the role that I play, um, it can be very useful to, to see all the layers of information uh, if I'm there to support, whether it's a group or a, an individual or whatever. And so now it's purposeful. So now I kind of get, why I was shown all these things when I was younger and how it all kind of maps out. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question at all, but yeah, <laughs> guidance, guidance, it's just always there. And it's just, it's not, um, it's not anything, I say it's not anything special. I don't mean to say, to make it sound like, you know, I'm not kind of grateful and humble and stuff. It's just very normal. Well, I feel, I kind of <laughs> recently, I don't know if you know Jen McCarty, you must know Jen McCarty. I don't. I know. I, I saw her on your website. Yeah. The boys, and you know, they were describing their kind of activation experiences and their the way that they experience the non-physical in their lives. And and I was saying, I just feel like this is the future human. So for whatever reason, there's those of us that are kind of, uh, you know, leading the path and having these experiences earlier on, but within a few generations, I believe that. All of us will be having that kind of multi-dimensional experience of life, right? Totally. So why there's an increase of interest at the moment because more and more people are going like, okay, I know this is something I'm moving into, and what does it look like? And from the 3D perspective, you want to have 
labels and you know like I sure. was perplexed about that whole thing of 5D it's like <laughs> only five <laughs> do you know Kate it's interesting you should say that because um in all the time that I've had very clear guidance um and all of the language that I now use in, in my work and the transmissions is the same language that's been with me through my guidance system um, for, for all of my life. They have never, ever, in all of that time, ever mentioned 3D or 5D, ever. That's not anything I'd ever heard of. And so it was quite insightful for me when um, I became aware that other people were talking about the awakening because I used to just think I was crazy and that one day I would wake up and I wouldn't be anymore or whatever, you know, because it was such a consistent storyline that I was given um, that I couldn't deny it because it was just all that I knew. Um, but that didn't make it kind of, you know, particularly OK. So not on this level, not on this very physical level my multidimensional work and all the stuff that I do, you know, that's always been fine. That's always been great. But when coming into ground um, and being around other human beings and, and all the, the language and stuff there, you know, things, things have had its challenges. And so when people, I noticed there started to be more people talking about awakening, new earth, there was this real kind of celebration in me of that this uh, collective evolution was really coming into a, an embodied kind of position now. And so that I found that really exciting. Um, but some of the terms, even though a lot of them were very familiar, which made me feel really anchored in this kind of like, ah, oh, okay, this is great. This network's really real, embodied now, not just out there. Um, yeah, the 3D, 5D thing hasn't come up, but I am aware of the evolution of the um, sensory system. That's very real. And I am aware of um, the, the evolution, you know, of, of our, our kind of, yeah, intuitive abilities, our psychic senses. We're all, we're all moving into greater expansion of, of all of our senses, for sure, without doubt. And that's exciting. Yeah, there's so many, so many questions popping up in my head. I think it would be really lovely to, you mentioned grid work. Can you tell yeah. us a bit about what is grid work and, and how do you do it? <laughs> so that's the other thing I find really interesting as well Kate is that to me the whole awakening is experiential okay so it's like it's like someone gives that analogy isn't it someone could beam in from another planet and they could go you know what's a lemon do you know what lemons are and you can say oh they're a yellow fruit you know you cut them and you get this juice out of them you could say a lot about a lemon or you could just put it on someone's tongue and then they go, oh, yeah. And they never forget it. It's just it's just integrated into their whole system on every single le level that they now know what lemon is. And for me, the awakening is that whatever the different areas of it, the experience of it is so important because the. You know, for grid work, I could I could talk about it, I could write stuff, you know, but until you until you because it's so personal as well as collective. And so you've, and you've dropped into that sacred space of your own um, receptivity and openness to your own guiding teams and, and helpers and walked with the land. 
and being shown where the, the traumas are held or where the celebrations were held and where the old information that's holding us back is blocked. And the same as with the body, it's the same as with the physical body. Um, and so the, the experience of that, when it's happening within you, because you're, you're laying out in grids and you're working, working in that way, it's not only... It's not only it not only changes you on a vibratory level, it changes what's possible for you on a physical level because you just shift trajectory. You can't carry on in the same way because you've kind of shifted from an old grid system to a new grid system. And so there might be subtle shifts and there might be major shifts depending on, on the actual experience. Um, and so I, th I think in a nutshell, I'll try and put it in a little nutshell, but that would be my kind of sense of it, really. It's one of those, just, you know, like the lemon, just experience it. And then, um, but as we move into new earth, we're shifting to a, a higher frequency of grid system for the planet. Um, and so the new information that we're going to receive through this more highly attuned sensory system comes from that new grid. So that new grid is anchored in the ancient wisdom that has been uncorrupted, that's uncorruptible in the sacredness of our planet and all the other sacred systems throughout the cosmos as far as we can imagine. And they all create this amazing interwoven, you know, infinite uh, network, networks, networks, net, net, networks and networks. Um, and we've been kind of stuck, if you like, you know, it's, it's a little bit like this, Kate. It's like we're stuck in our minds and we're stuck. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you, but some people in the, you know, people get stuck in their minds <laughs> and then uh, stuck in loops of behavior and patterns and all this kind of stuff. And that kind of, it's like a record going round and round in a, in a rut, isn't it? And it's very difficult to change that. You know, people find it tricky to change behavior. They find it tricky to, you know, change their habits and such. And so whilst we're still in that old grid system, we just keep playing the same old record going round and round. And that's, there's so much powerlessness there. There's so much loss. There's so much, you know, there's so many atrocities. And the, the memory of those are really held as wounds you know, within the planet. And so part of the, the shift is for us to shift to that new grid system. But we have to get kind of clear enough in ourselves to start accessing that. So um, that's kind of one of the, one of the um, processes or one of the things, if you like, that we'll go through collectively as what humanity will go through. You know, you, you've probably experienced this to yourself, everyone, we're all experiencing the endless letting go. Yeah. you know the endless letting go but it's not just letting go because we're bringing in the new we're letting go of the old bringing in the new you know we're we're releasing and then we're embracing we're releasing who we no longer are you know all the facades or the fakery or the masks and we're embracing the, or the authentic the truth the essence and the magic and the power that we truly are I'm actually speechless for us. <laughs> it's, really cool. it's like, I'm just like, I'm the beauty of the um, I think, I think everything 
that you're saying to me, it all it all adds up to divine feminine because everything all of it and experiential and also it's divine feminine is this connection to the earth, right? It is this embodiment process and it is this understanding that we are just part of Gaia. We're not yeah. separate, but we're also part of the stars. We're not yeah. separate from the stars. So that's what makes humans so unique and special is that we are earth and we are stars and that's very magical. <laughs> magical. So I would love to um, hear from you more about this earth connection because you have this whole grandology thing going on and you know the, the way you're speaking about the grid work. Can you talk to us more? You've talked to us about your relationship with the non-physical. Can you talk to us more about your relationship with the earth, with the elementals? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, as you can see, I live in a little woodland, so it's hard not to be with the elementals day in, day out. So, um, yeah, again, that's kind of that's it's, it's, it comes back to what's normal to people, isn't it? You know, that might seem to some people to be. But to me, that's just my day to day. So I'm not quite sure which bit to tell you about. Yeah. So one of the things that's that's part of my sacred practice, if you like, or what I'm guided to do on a regular, regular basis is to bring in energy um, through activations and to ground it to the to the new earth grid. And then I'm a I'm a conduit for that and a witness for the release of everything that's been repressed within the earth. And so I don't know how many other people work like this, but I, I would imagine, you know, more and more. And so our kind of our kind of role, if you like, in that little section of, of it all um, is to hold the space for the new information to come in and for the old information to leave. Um, and that can happen pretty much every day. There's some kind of trans transmission um, exchange going on. And so I'm available for that whenever I'm called and have been for probably since about 1999. Um, and it's a bit like your body becomes a, a portal or a space through which the, the energy can transmute. Um, and so, yeah, the space has to be kind of tech clear of, of, of anything else on a physical kind of level um, and then so for example I do light language code so I, I, I'll get a transmission in and then I have to put all of those uh, all of that written coded information um, into the old grid to release stuff or bring in new codes to put those into the new grid and kind of have a, um, a space where there's a, an exchange of information before the release um, occurs. And so I will do that through blessings with the land, which are, you know, light language blessings. So I'm talking to the earth, I'm talking to the elementals, I'm talking to the, you know, the rocks, I'm talking to everything. There are, there are um, certain ways of kind of speaking and communicating, which open everything up. And so that's kind of my my role is to kind of open everything up in a kind of, you know, safe here we here we are. This is the new energies are coming in now um, because it might sound strange to people that, that a lot of the new star energies that are coming in actually were quite challenging for the planet to receive as well. Um, and a lot of the 
very resistant patterns that people hold in their consciousness uh, are kind of like uh, calcification, if you like. You know how calcification occurs in the body. So it's kind of like that on an energetic level on all of these kind of layers on the planet, kind of denser consciousness. And so, you know, back then when, when I first started doing that part of my work, it, it felt like it was, you know, set in stone that humanity would always be like this because this is just how it is and this is how, you know, and, and then bit by bit as the, the light frequencies would come in and the space would be hold for that, they would just be like a bit like a drilling effect, you know, kind of coming in and going through. And um, yeah, it kind of, it wasn't very easy for uh, that to get through the density of the human consciousness initially. Um, and so over the over the years, that's kind of opened up and there's more space. And now and now when like energy transmissions come in, there's a really receptive place for for them. You know, people have evolved so much in this last decade, two decades, whatever, and are able to honor their own inner light, hold more light, um, embody more light, some some more because they're elevating their consciousness so they're elevating their physicality their body and then um you know in, in other ways some people are more aware of how dense their energy is for example and so they might work at you know bringing that into balance so that's one one of the ways that um that I work in a kind of almost day-to-day way the energies I'll just get when I've got to go to work and then I'll whatever I'm called to do I'll just do until it's done and you know sometimes people cook the dinner around me and my life carries on whilst I'm (laughs) doing all this what would appear like weird stuff if I didn't live in a woodland in the middle of nowhere I mean we had to move out of the city so when I lived in Bristol in the city I was only there for a short while he lived there when I met him and we realized that I wasn't going to be able to do what I do in our garden in the terrace (laughs) and that we'd have to go and plug in somewhere where the land could really receive the information (laughs) and so yeah this is a beautiful very sacred uh, valley where we live and the the energies here are very very receptive and so it makes it easier and then there's a ripple effect that's what then happens that's a kind of like a, a portal space of um intense energies that can come in get super grounded and then and then ripple out in all the various ways that that occurs. Can you tell us more about light language? Yeah, um, I don't know what I can tell you about it. I can <laughs> do some light language or do a little light language blessing. Light, light, light language is like um, they're like little star seeds, like little blessings um, of information that can be received much more deeply into a person's own you know, light, if you like. Um, and so it's a it's a, a beautiful way of planting seeds. Um, and light language can come in in, in so many in so many different ways. I mean, I can kind of, I write light language all the time and, and, and speak it and sing it. I mean, the, the land herself, she loves to be sung to. I mean, I won't sing to you here now, but but there's a lot of a lot of um, different um, blessings and chants that she'll receive uh, through this kind of you know um, process of, of connection. And so there are I, I speak quite a lot, a lot of different languages. So there's the hearts, the earth's hearts own language. 
Um, and then there are various star system languages as well. And so I guess my role, I act as a gateway um, of communication, a space that can kind of, you know, communicate through all of those different layers and levels. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend about it recently and she'd had, she runs a yoga studio and she'd had someone come and do like a blood language ceremony, I guess you call it, in the studio. And she said that when people write it down, they find that other people are writing down the same like shapes and symbols, even though they haven't spoken to each other or seen each other. So you have you also had that experience? Yeah, yeah. There's also this joke that oh, you can't hang out with me without starting to sing like language. And so that happens a lot. People come and attend groups and they're kind of like before they know it, they've got their own like language coming through as well, which acts as like a personal prayer or mantra. And so what tends to happen is, um, you know, people will just kind of get the sense of this coming in and then they, you know, yeah, it just comes through them and out of them. And the beautiful thing I think about light language, and I'm only starting to realize this more and more with more people kind of tuning into it, if you like, and starting to do it, is that what it actually does, Kay, on a really simple level as well, is it stops you from having all of that negative talk in your head because you can't stay in your head and be and have light language come through because it's the frequency of the heart. And so if you listen to it with your head, it just sounds like nonsense. You know, it's just like, what is this crazy person ranting about? And so it, when it gives you a good idea, whether you're in your heart or whether in, you're in your head because of how you feel about it when you hear it. But when you know, a lot of people do say, you know, that they just feel their heart expand and they feel it open and, you know, all of these wonderful things. But for them personally, when they start to have it happen to them, they're no longer in their crazy monkey chatter mind. They're in their heart space. And so it becomes their prayer, their mantra, their lullaby, their little song that just da 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 gets them through any times that might be a little bit intense. And that's the beauty of light language, I think, as we were talking about a little while, a, a moment or two ago about this evolution of the, the human psyche and the development of, um, of our sensory system. I think light language is a very important part of that. And yes, whether you write it kind of down and yet yeah, lots of people kind of do similar ones um, or whether you kind of write it gesturing or sing it or whatever way your heart wants to share it. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing to do. And if you imagine there's a collective energy field of that growing um, and Sometimes people will say to me, I'd never heard that before, but it opened my heart. And then within no time at all, it's an important part of their life. And that's that's coming in quite high speed at the moment for people. And and it does, it takes them, it just elevates or you know, puts them into that nice heart-centered space. Can we do it at the end? Is it crazy? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do we can do a little blessing and a whatever you like, we do a bit of light language. And yeah, I'd love to do that, Kate. Yeah. A little fairy just flew behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like fairyland to you. So would you mind sharing a bit about your house? You were just telling me about your house. So it's a bird, it's a bird flying behind you. Um, and because I feel like you're, you're living in a new earth dwelling, right? Yeah. So that, I think that's one of the, the other things I've realised more and more is that... Um, 
You know, people, people talk about New Earth as if it's somewhere else, that it's somewhere they're going to get to. You know, one of, one of the things that I've, I'm very interested in is the different programming that people run, you know, and, and often people that have got, uh, and they might not label it as this, but they may have been indoctrinated with certain religious beliefs and such. So for them, their perception of New Earth is like, it's like heaven. You know, they're going to go somewhere else. And, and they've got to kind of do all of this stuff in order to get there, you know, and they've got to be good and they've got to be, you know, in God's favor or whatever. And it simply isn't like that at all, you know. And so changing our programs, um, the way that we think, the way that we, that we are or our perceptions will help us to shift into a new earth paradigm. Um, and so, you know, it, for me, um, I used to live in the back of a van for quite a while. Okay, so that was my paradigm. And as happy as I was, because I didn't really need anything else other than that, I, I was meeting all my needs at the time. Um, it wasn't the same experience as what I'm having now living in this, this beautiful eco house that I live in. You know, I would have to chop wood, I would have to collect water, I'd have to do all of these, these, these things in order to, to just survive. Um, and so not that there's anything wrong with any of that, you know, that's a lovely experience in, in itself. But for me, the, the shift in, in um, locality, not locality, the shift in how I live my life has come from within. You know, it's like, it may be showing up now as a physical building, but the building didn't come first. So one of the most important things for me, wherever I was living and where, whatever I was doing was water. My relationship with water has been fundamental to everything in, you know, everything, everything. You were one of the first people that told me about CIR, implosion technology. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm absolutely passionate about because I have such a strong devotional relationship with water, you know, I, yeah. And so for me to, 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 to live, I need to be with the water and, and that for some people might mean living by the ocean or whatever, but for me, it's where the water comes out of the ground. And so I would collect water when, when I, you know, lived in other places, I would go to springs and I would collect water. And I knew that, you know, being with wild water would keep me alive. And that potentially other places that I'd lived of different frequencies and stuff, I would just feel myself dying. Literally, you know, just, just closing down. And so knowing how important the vibration of everything is and putting water just for me personally at the center of that was transformational because when we came to live here where we live we came to live here because there was a, a spring and I felt like we were called here by the water you know to be guardians of the, the water of the land and when we first came here we we had no intention of like building a house or anything. We were just going to live with the land. We had a converted horse lorry and we plumbed the um, spring water into that. And so we could have, you know, for a fairy like me to have spring water, hot, hot, heated, heated by the sun, a shower, 
you know, spring water. That's what I need to survive. It's not a luxury. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we, we plumbed that in and, um, yeah, we didn't need much. We didn't need much at all. And then we had this really odd experience where, well, it wasn't that odd, but it was just, it just became really, really clear that um, we were going to build this house. And while we were living in the horse row a bit further up, I saw a portal open. This was like a few years before we even thought about building a house here. I saw it open. It was nothing to do with me. I didn't, I, I, I saw Seb and I said, I've just seen a portal open there. We had a conversation about it. And then a few years later, where we got planning to build our house on this land is exactly where the portal was opened. And so it kind of, it all happened to us rather than, rather than us, create it so I guess it was a yeah it was one of those Kate well you know what it's like you just got to go with the flow haven't you and and that's what we did so we've ended up with this amazing amazing home um yeah with fairies outside and and it's beautiful it's a passive house so in a new in a new earth kind of way of being we couldn't ask for more, you know, we, we, we are free. That's all we ever wanted was to be absolutely free. Um, that's all I've ever wanted on this planet to, to have my freedom. Um, and so this, this house kind of gives us that and the land and, and how we've positioned ourselves now. That's yeah, good. <laughs> that is divine feminine as well, isn't it? It's just being open and receiving messages and not being like this is what I have to do but just being like use me <laughs> I'm in service it's exactly that everything for me is about surrender it's all about surrender and and is from that place of surrender and that place of really not knowing what's going on you know, I literally never know what's going on. I'm just up for it, whatever it is. And I just roll with it, whatever. And, and so I know people do a lot of attention, intention setting and do all of that. But for me, it's just, it's just being in a, a, a place of receptivity and allowing and surrender without any agenda, just to be in service to the light, to the planet, to the evolutionary process. You know, and this kind of makes it all simple, really. I think things get ever so complicated in people's heads, whereas the heart, all the heart wants to do is just be in a space of love and allowing. And, um, yeah, it's kind of less complicated, isn't it? And freedom, like you said. The Total freedom. The mind is making traps. <laughs> and the heart's like, let me go, let me out. <laughs> I think that's going to be the most beautiful thing we see over the coming, I'm not sure how many years it will, it will take, but as we start to recognize the, the, the programming that's inside the mind, uh, which people are really switching on to now, they're really kind of getting that in a big way. Everything that we've repressed, denied, neglected, um, oppressed or everything humanity has done a great job at avoiding it's done a great job at um, pushing everything into the unconscious mind all the things that are atrocities scary awful terrible belittling and 
Oh, we could make a huge list. I know we could um, of all the things that have happened. And and it's all been hidden. It's all been pushed away. It's like, oh, that's not my problem. That's someone else's problem. Or that's and and you know, for, for however many centuries, all of that repression has occurred, particularly to women. You know, it's 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 shocking, really. And for, for me, as I, I worked as a, a medical intuitive for quite some time. And so I had this amazing opportunity to work with cellular information inside the body. And what I discovered, no matter who I worked with, were these layers and layers of persecution and threats and humiliation and betrayal and shame and guilt and all of this stuff. And so it, it's, it started to kind of become clear to me that you know, depending on how deep you dig, uh, you will find the same information within the, the human psyche, within pretty much every human being. And, and I started to realize that it was a collective energy, you know, energy field. And I, I had the good fortune of working with a lot of women because some of the women that were coming to me, they wanted to resolve fertility issues. And so often if you're, if you're able to get into the deepest wounds for example, you know, childhood trauma, childhood abuse, um, all kinds of repressed stuff. If you get an opportunity to access that information, then really deep healing and change can take place. You've got to kind of get in through the pain of it. And people don't want to see the pain. They don't want to feel the pain. And so we're coming into a time now of really having to feel the pain. And all of the avoiding, it, it, it can't happen anymore because... The rise of the divine feminine is the space that's being held in order for all that's been pushed away to finally be seen. And so it, it exists within every single human being. It's the, it's the dark side of our human nature that no one wants to look at. Everyone wants to live in the light and be the light. But until we address our shadows, and work with what has been, we're not gonna release the toxicity from our physical bodies. And we have to release the toxicity from our physical bodies in order to embody the true light of our true selves. And so the, the awakening is a dance, if you like, it's an oscillation between light and dark. You know, pe people often think, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna look at the dark, I only want to be the light. It's not an option take plenty of time to um, to generate a lot of light in yourself you know in your heart space in your in your life as so as you're tooled up and ready to work with the shadows you can't just be you know in in the light anymore this oscillation is what's going to move us forward this backwards and forwards light and dark and as as we oscillate we uncover these deep wounds and the 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 human psyche if you like is like a database of all of the programs of all of the history of humanity and all the atrocities and all that's that's gone on or the subjugation of women etc 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 and it has to it has to now be released and so there's a decoding for me the awakening and the rise rise of the of uh, the the divine feminine is also a, a recoding of information so we're recoding our dna but we're recoding every cell of our body and we're recoding the database of our psyche and our, our mental our brains if you like the way that the way that we function uh, in 
um, storing data. And we'll, we won't store data in the same way as we shift. We have space. The divine feminine is that space to allow creativity to come through. Whereas at the moment, the mind and all the data that it holds just blocks. So you can't do this. You shouldn't do that. That's not good enough. You're too much. You're not enough, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The way, so, yeah. it, the way I see it, this, like you were speaking earlier, um, I don't know how you phrase it exactly, but I see it as like an organic timeline. You're talking about like the earth and actually like the true, it's like our true history, right? It's this organic timeline. And then there's like a false matrix that's overlaid on that and that we all get caught up in that because we're encouraged to and actually it's being able to see what that isn't the truth of who we are and the truth of who we are is this organic nature that connects on a multi-dimensional level to the earth to the stars yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's dissolving the force matrix right it's just not plugging into it anymore plugging back into our organic nature to nurture to be nurtured by that organic nature to thrive in our connection to that and to be devotional in our relationship to it you know and so, yeah, it will all, it's all, and you, you, I'm sure you notice this all the time now, it's just all falling apart bit by bit, all the <laughs> illusion, all that isn't true. You know, we're witness to that. And that's, that's, that's the position of power currently, is to be able to witness that from that heart-centered space, rather than, you know, be attached and just carry on with our old programming, but actually literally shift perspective into the new um, and release the old every step of the way. And it's a constant, you know, for, for a lot of people for a while, this oscillation can be, can be quite big, especially the deeper you want to go into, into releasing your potential. You know, people can release their potential to the limitations of the environment that they're currently in. But once they step out of that environment and want to go into a kind of bigger something, change, then they, they find that there's more layers of resistance that they'll, they'll find. And then there's more to kind of just work with for a bit. But I think that will be going on for a little while. So tell us about New Earth. What does it look like to you? Oh, what does it look like to me? It looks like my life. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I say New Earth is already here. For those who have eyes to see, New Earth is already yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, it's here, it's here. It's absolutely beautiful and it speaks to you in a way that just enables you to feel absolutely connected in every way you can imagine. And so that leaves no space for doubt. That leaves no space for disillusionment. It leaves no space for want or desire. There's no space for anything other than being in service to what is you know and to yeah the flow of it all really to be the space where it all just flows through because it's creating itself <laughs> or you know this idea that we're going to create it we're just going to create the space that allows it to come into being the same as we create the space that allows ourselves to come into being you know for me it's all about the space I guess do you get visions of how it will look you know, from an external perspective? Yeah, I had a lot of visions as well when I was a child. So that was interesting because how you perceive things when you're being told stuff when you're a child to then... So a lot of the things that I was told then obviously have happened 
you know, since. But I remember my guidance always kind of saying, and the earth will split in two. Now you say that to a child and all you can think of is like an apple just being cut straight in half. And you're just like, how on earth will that happen? How could the earth get split in two, you know? And, um, and so a lot of, the, a lot of the, the things that I was kind of shown and told um, now I'm been through a lot of those experiences and stuff. I've realized that to not ever be attached to how you think it's going to be, because often the, you know, the future self, it, it can be, we could, we could restrict, we could restrict the potential uh-huh. by thinking we know. Right. I, rem- I remember having this, um, this experience where, um as a child whenever I went through any kind of trauma you know big stuff would go on um there would be a a specific guide that would come in and just hold me like a like a mother really you know and just give me lots and lots of love and I'd be crying and it would just be kind of really nurturing you know really loving and supportive and um many 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 times I would have that experience but I would forget about that guide that being that whatever until I was in the depths of despair and then it would happen again in my adult life having worked with lots of people doing inner child work I had to work on myself really hard doing a lot of inner child work and um, by accessing the information fields and traveling through all the pain um, stories and etc etc I would go and find all these fragmented aspects of my broken child self and I would give her a hug and I'd be holding I'd be loving her and I'd be like oh let's get you out of here or she'd be hidden somewhere somewhere dark and I'd have to like try and get her out and all this rescuing it was only then as an adult that I had that I'm sure you've realized what I'm going to say I had that really clear realization that when I was a child and that person was coming to be with me and you know cuddle me hold me nurture me reassure me that was my future self coming back and helping me out. And so that taught me, and there's so many stories I could tell you about seven or different things that I was shown as a child. Um, it, It taught me to let go of all expectation and just be with what is. Because we, you know, I have this real sense of our star seed selves being with us now in this particular timeline as our guiding networks and our support, um, you know, guides and, and, and such. And, and I, I see that, I see that really, really clearly. And I love that and, and opening up the energy for people to, to really feel that and, and have that experience. Um, but without trying to hold on to it, you know, without trying to think, it's going to be this way for this person and you're going to, you know, we, we need to let it go a little bit. Give it space. Give it masses of space because the, the potential that it has, that it is, might be more than we can imagine with the small selves yes. that we've got currently in this physical body. And not to develop an ego around it where we think so. Yeah. That it makes us separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all got to be integrated, Kate, hasn't it? It's all got to be integrated and embraced. And yeah, and then it just comes back to being space and possibilities. You know, we all all like to look at all the possibilities, don't we? But I try not to kind of 
yeah, anchor any of them. You know what I mean? I let them anchor themselves. I let them root in through the fabric of my being, through the fabric of my life at exactly the right time. Boom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that, that's that now. Yes. Casey, every word you speak is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's just like pure, pure music, everything you say. Would you, would you love to close with a, with a light language share? Sure, 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 sure. Okay. So like I was saying earlier, usually when you have a kind of light language activation, I could do a little activation as well and some light codes. And stuff. It's a really good idea to come into your heart. I mean, you're already beautifully always in your heart, Kate, but anyone that's tuning in, just take a moment, take a moment. And whether you just come into your heart, put your hands on your heart or in prayer position, whatever works for you, but just honor yourself and your heart connection in this moment. We're bringing a little light language activation. Taniete a tuaya, Giantanie a tuaya, Yatanie, Yatanie, Giantanie, Giantanie, Tatanie, Tatanie, Tataniete, Tataniete, Tatanie, Tatanie, Giantanie, Giantanie. Kiantanie atuanta, 